Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. Plush Care is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns. I think it was very important. And speaking of which, my man, Scoop B. Robinson is in the house. What's going on, Brandon? Gentlemen, what's going on? Happy uh, Sunday. Happy Sunday. Happy Last Dance Day. Happy Last Dance Day. That's what I'm talking about. So, Scoop, uh, you know, we're live right here on Facebook. Uh, You watched the Jordan doc. What was the very first thought that went through your mind as soon as it ended? When is uh, episode three dropping? Um, I I definitely enjoyed it because, um, for me, um, that was actually my childhood. And I actually was around that team working uh, as a media worker, covering the Nets um, during the 97-98 season. And um, there were some things that I didn't realize as a kid that kind of, um, it, it kind of, like the whole Scottie Pippen thing. The, the, I, when Scotty, when the Nets played um, the Bulls, it was a December game when they were in New Jersey playing the Nets. And Scotty was, was not there. He was inactive. And I remember being in that locker room with, with Michael and Dennis and Luke Longley. And Luke gave me a pair of his sneakers. I still have them at my parents' house. Um, and I just remember the dynamic of the Bulls. Um, you know, you really, everybody was discussing how that was their last season. Mm-hmm. And I didn't understand how a championship team would want to disband after just winning like five previous championships. And when the Warriors disbanded with KD at the very least, it made more sense as an adult. Yeah, absolutely. You know, I, I think, um, you know, we, we, the dynamics, you know, I, and I was, I'm the same generation as you, Brandon, you know, I grew up on the bulls, like um, Michael Jordan was my guy. Like he was my first like idol. Right. And, right you heard it every single year. It seemed like after the first, the first part of the second three P, you know, after that first 72 win season for the bulls, after that, you kind of heard, are they coming back? They might break up this and that and the other. And you just were like, Oh yeah, yeah, whatever. So that, that last season, even though that was the truth, it almost seemed like, is it really going to happen? Like they're really going to just break this team up, even though they just won six world championships out of the last eight years. This is crazy. The crowds dynamic was something that I also did not, um, 
understand um, that I put a tweet out a little while ago where I had a picture of uh, the, 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 the slimy slumlord guy on um, <laughs> Space Jam and put it next to and, um, uh, To me, I wonder if someone really did create that depiction and, you know, made that, a, you know, a, a, a dig at Krauss. But um, looking at the behind the scenes of Jordan's dynamic with Krauss and Pippa's dynamic with Krauss, um, the bullying aspect um, on their end, but almost like the jog versus the nerd, but also a lot of people, you knew Michael was great. Look, he was like the, the popular kid at school that everybody wanted to be and they wanted their piece of the pie. Um, but the players are the people who put put butts in seats, not the, the front office. And, um, you know, it's, it's just interesting to kind of look back on it and, and see just, um, you know, even the portion of, of Pippen signing a, a seven-year, I believe it was, $18 million deal, like, Man, um, that, that would have no grounds today. You know, I, I had Scott Burrell, uh, a member of that Bulls team on the Scoopy Radio podcast. I knew Scott. Uh, when he was a net, he, he joined the Nets the following season during the 99-2000 lockout shortened season. And he just discussed how much Michael was underpaid. Like, I think that last season he had received like a one-year $36 million. He's like, you know, that that's that's customary for today's All-Stars like LeBron and you know yeah. some of those other guys. So, you know, just Absolutely. looking back on it with a different lens, it's, it's interesting to kind of look back on it. For sure, you know, for sure. You know, Saul, when you said uh, younger generation and you said I'm, I'm the one repping, I, I remember Michael Jordan as the Washington Wizard because I was born in 1995. and But I have the utmost respect for Michael Jordan and his career and what he's done for the game of basketball. But for Scoop B and, and Saul, feel free to chime in as well. For somebody who's like me, what does my generation not understand about the greatness that was Michael Jordan and really what he did for the game of basketball and sports? Really? Uh, first and foremost – it was the Pistons. Like, I, I don't think people understand the physical toll that Michael Jordan had to go through just to win his very first NBA Finals. Like, to me, that's what set the bar for the greatness. And then it just went up from there, right? Um, that's something that this generation just has not seen. You know, they don't see guys getting clotheslined going to the basket. They don't see guys getting undercut and, you know, triple teamed and, you know, hooked around the neck. You know, that, that just doesn't happen. But matter of fact, the last guy that I saw get hooked around the neck was your guy, Kobe Bryant, by Rajah Bell. That's the last time I saw that. You know what I mean? Like, it just doesn't happen nowadays. You know, I mean, you, you get you get suspended for a whole year. You do this, some stuff like that. You know, could you imagine Draymond doing that to LeBron on the way to the basket? It would never happen. So that's where I think it all started. And that's that's where the greatness was like, man, this dude had to go through hell. And he came out clean as a whistle on the other side. He's like Andy Dufresne breaking out of Shawshank, man. I'm telling you, it was awesome. <laughs> yeah, I, I think you nailed it on the head. You know, when you talk about the Pistons and, and Bulls rivalry, like it took them some years. Um, you know, I, I've had um, John Sally on the Scoopy Radio podcast, and he's discussed how um, he felt that towards the end, like when the Bulls finally got over the hump, almost like Scotty and, and Michael had the, the refs on speed dial. Um, he felt that there were some questionable calls. And, you know, when I talked to Isaiah about that, um, he, he feels as though, you know, many people believe that Michael was just this guy that came into the league right away. And he meant it respectfully. That came into the league right away and just was dominating, you know, kind of like 
LeBron maybe. He was like, I bet you think because you were born in the 90s that Michael was just, you know, the king, like out the out the gate. And it no. wasn't like that. No. You had to earn his stripes. And to be honest with you, as popular as LeBron was, you know, he had to get through Detroit. He had to get through Boston um, when he was in Cleveland. And then when he went to Miami, that's kind of when things started to really go his way, teaming with the big three that included himself and Wade and Josh. But, you know, really and truly, I, I think that for to, to directly answer your question, um, I think what you missed was the baton that Magic Johnson um, had to give to Michael because of um, the testing positive. Um, but also, I feel like that baton was handed to him really during the Olympics in 92 between he and Bird. And concurrently, while that was going on, what you also saw was Isaiah, who tore his Achilles, like the type of Achilles yeah. that was that hampered Kevin Durant. And it's better sports medicine now that can treat those type of injuries where back then it, it was different. So, you know, there, it, I'll use this example, and it's, it's, it's the only one that I can compare to, and it, there's a hip-hop reference. It makes me wonder sometimes what would have happened if Biggie was was still alive and Pac was still alive and how Jay-Z and Nas would match up. Comparatively, when you look at the NBA dichotomy in that regard, what if Isaiah did not tear his Achilles? What if, you know, uh, Magic did not contract HIV and, you know, and, and Larry Bird had back issues? So I think what you missed was just how that level of history set up. Uh, but what you probably were blessed to see was how when Michael Jordan retired the first time, it set up shop um, for the next go around. Because if you yeah. remember, right after he retired and then right before or after he, he came back and lost in the semifinals to Orlando, he taped Space Jam. And then he went on that magnificent, magnificent, blah, 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 I can't talk, magnificent. <laughs> it's late. Second three. <laughs> Yeah, that magnificent, you know what the hell I'm saying. <laughs> that, that, that included Rodman. So I, I think in between that, you saw Iverson, you saw Kobe, and then he retired again, and then he came back. So you saw different sequences just of how he impacted the game for 20 years. For sure, for sure. You know, I, I if, if there was one single moment in this doc, you know, there's there's two episodes that have aired. There's going to be eight more, which, I mean, you know, in this Netflix generation, right, I think we're all spoiled to just be able to just binge watch and keep going and keep going. So, first of all, when that first commercial break hit, I'm not going to lie. I was like, what the hell? What just happened buzz here? Like, kill. no, you know, like, yeah, complete buzzkill. Like, I don't want to see a commercial. Go commercial free. You got Facebook sponsored the damn thing. Let's go. You know what I mean? Like, come on. So, uh, but like, in, in terms of the whole documentary, the, the the two episodes that we saw, what was your single favorite moment? Um, and I'll start with you, Justin. Ooh, single favorite moment from the whole documentary. Um. Probably when Michael Jordan uh, took out Danny Ainge golfing, and 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 told, uh, was like, look what I'm about to do to DJ tomorrow, <laughs> and, and and just went out and just totally torched the Boston Celtics, and uh, that was the game when uh, he took uh, Larry Bird baseline right, mm -hmm. and just yeah. went out and, and absolutely torched them. Uh, you know, Michael Jordan. It, it seems like the golf course is where. You know, he talked the most smack. Like I go back to one story that I heard. I believe it was on Dan Patrick. Uh, he went golfing with uh, Ronick 
uh, the, the hockey player. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. he played 36 holes of golf. And then Ronick made a bet with Michael Jordan. And Jordan said, I bet you I'll go out and drop 40 points and we get a win tonight. Right after playing 36 holes of golf and drinking like six Bud Lights, eight Bud Lights, goes yeah. out, drops 52, and, and the Bulls win that game. You know, so uh, even though that part was in the documentary, I think the w- part where he took out Danny Ainge and said, "Look what I'm about to do to your team tomorrow night," and going out and kill them. I mean, Scoop? that's that's Michael Jackson or Michael Jordan. What you got, Scoop? Um, I liked I liked the part about um, what he said to Ainge um, because you know even before this documentary, I, I've spoken to some players past and present who um, have have had Michael Jordan stories. I think. What is so interesting about Michael is number one, he, and Sam Smith uh, with, with the Bulls said this, um, you know, you kind of, stories have been written by other people who have told Michael's story. Michael is telling his story for the first time. Um, and I love the fact that he says the F word. Oh, you know? right. Yes. Um, <laughs> yes. Like, like, like we grown, so like it's it's like it's cool, but um, I've heard stories about Michael Jordan um, singing Anita Baker's "Giving You the Best That I Got" while he scored forty eight points on Jerry Stackhouse. Um, I've heard stories of um, Jimmy Jackson um, uh, having a successful first half against Michael while wearing Michael's shoes and during, while Jimmy was shooting free throws, Michael looked over to Jimmy and said, you know, Jimmy, you talk a lot of shit for somebody who wears my sneakers. <laughs> um, and then the Bulls ended up winning that game in the second half. So like, you know, I, I've, I've heard a lot of stories. So the fact that Michael Jordan talks junk is really not a surprise to me. Um, but I think why it's a surprise to, and I mean this respectfully, Justin, I think it's a surprise to younger folks, people that are younger than me, is because there was no internet. So everything wasn't viral worthy. It was like almost like if you heard the Little Mermaid or 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 or, or you know, Belle from Beauty and the Beast curse, you're like, wait, what? Yeah. Michael was so clean. Now you're seeing the other side and I, and I yeah. like it. I love I like it. it. I, you know what? I think more than anything, it, it brings him not down because I, I I'm always going to think he's the greatest basketball player of all time, but it, it humanizes him in a way that I'm like, there it is. You know, like, like it's relatable, like, you know, in a, in a small kind of way, you know, like my favorite, my favorite quote of the whole doc so far was Michael Jordan was the best, best individual to do the best at any, anything period. It was like any sport, any career, he was the best to do what he was doing at that time better than anybody else in the world. And it, it's hard to argue with that. Like the guy was so competitive. He was so maniacal. Um, Eddie Johnson kind of talked about how, uh, you know, on, on, on Fox sports, Arizona, he talked about how uh, there's a story where he was playing for the Pacers and the game is over. Like there's like two minutes of some change left. The, the bulls were in the middle of their 70 game run. And, uh, and Eddie said something to him, like kind of talking trash to Jordan. And Jordan was like, what? And like, he, battled back and almost beat the Pacers by himself. And they go to a timeout and Eddie Johnson goes and he's talking to his coach. Uh, I, forgot, uh, I think it was um, uh, Larry Brown at the time. And he says, Larry, uh, I'm, I'm sorry. I, I said something to Michael and I, I shouldn't have said anything to Michael. And so after it was all over, they cross paths and Eddie's, Eddie looks at Michael. He's like, my bad. And <laughs> Michael goes, 
you're effing right it's your bad we're gonna see you in the playoffs <laughs> and then he's like damn you know like that's that's what it is you know like uh, my single favorite moment obviously was it was, wasn't even michael jordan honestly it was it was the first three minutes of part two when you started to get to know a little bit more about scotty pippen and i didn't really i didn't realize he had two people in his household that were in wheelchairs and like i mean he, this kid had to go through quite a bit in his household just to you know get to where he was and then he gets disrespected at it, the the kind of way that he did um yeah i understand contracts and if you you sign a contract whatever but man there's a little bit of like respect that comes along with you know adjusting a contract every year every now and then and and paying a guy what he's worth and i think everybody wants to get paid what they're worth they don't want to feel like they're just you know uh, made made a muck for no reason so that was my favorite part of the scotty pippen issue yeah it felt like the back basketball version of 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 getting out of your deal of death row records yeah 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 (laughs) yes absolutely yeah and, and and so like so is it is it Reinsdorf or is it Kraus that Shug? <laughs> Kraus. <laughs> is it Kraus? Because Reinsdorf is like, hey, you shouldn't sign this contract, but if you do, you're done. You know, like, <laughs> and then they they try to come back. He's like, I'm not even trying to hear you. Like Reinsdorf said that in the doc. I just think it's so crazy that you know they were talking mm-hmm. about all of Pippin's stats. Like he was first in assists first in steals like he he was like top three in literally every single category 122nd in salary 122nd in salary sixth on his team like imagine like paul george and montrez harold makes more than paul george on the clippers like you you just wouldn't you wouldn't see that and i thought that was a little disrespectful and i think scotty pippen had every right to be pissed off imagine imagine clay imagine clay getting yeah than like five guys on that team. Like and Kevon Looney. <laughs> Kevon Looney. <laughs> like, you know, no, never. Yeah. 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 That's that's salty, man. That's salty. So. Yeah, I, I, and, I, and I think that when you really look at today's game, um, look, people got mad at LeBron James uh, when he made the decision to uh, leave Cleveland to go to Miami. Um, when you look at baseball, Kirk Flood and sports made it possible for guys to make up their mind, and he suffered for it. When you look at um, Oscar Robertson, he created the, 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 the Players Association. You know, he was the first president. Um, and then, you know, they have elections every year. And I think when you look at Michael Jordan, you know, the last two years, the contract that he got, and, you know, that, that was makeup for all of maybe years or how much he brought to that team. And, you know, I. I um, and very intertwined with the Chicago Bulls because I wear Zenny optical glasses, which are the, you know, the official sponsor of the Bulls. But I've learned, or I, 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 I'll just say that I now see why one and one is two. Yeah. As to why even Michael's involvement with the Bulls to this day, you know, obviously he's a majority owner of the, of the Charlotte Hornets, but, you know, the way he left the Bulls in 98 wasn't necessarily on the best of terms. Um, and, and I think that people who are watching this now will see why that is so. The sure. last year really complicated a lot of things, even with things with Phil were handled and, and more. You know, even being a great team, you know, the Bulls are still a business and those guys are subcontractors. 
Absolutely. Absolutely. Scoop, man, it's been great having you on. Appreciate you joining the podcast. It's our debut today. Much love. You always support Justin and myself, and uh, and we continue to support you always. Tell the people where they can find you. Scoop B Radio. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more, with Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to Quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style.